Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Um, again, we talk about this often. Um, if you haven't heard this before, I'll, I'll just remind you. I hope that in your any time, like we're opening up the Word of God, any like really this is an any time kind of thing. Is I hope you're just getting engaged on God. Just speak to me, right? Speak to me. I cannot be. I I cannot just be like waiting on Keith's perfect words or whoever's preaching. Right. It's got to be the Holy Spirit. It's got to be, you know, because it's really interesting is, um, you know, what the Holy Spirit does. It's really cool is in, in Pentecost, next chapter two, people heard things in their own language, you know. And so there are messages that we need to hear that transcend even what may come out of my mouth. Right. But you've got to have that conversation. OK. And it doesn't always require us to stop and have that time. But my hope is, is that just becomes what we do is as people, when we're opening our Bibles to study our Bibles each day, when we're just this continual prayer, God, speak to me, speak to me. I don't care how it has to be. If you have to give me a vision, a dream, a word, whatever you have to do, that we really yearn to hear his words. Okay, so um, we're going to get started here. Uh, Let me pray for us and then we'll get going from there. Uh, Father, thank you for bringing us here. Thanks for giving us, man, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of like craziness, Father, you have just taken such good care of us with a great facility and, and, and people here at Madron who take great care of us, Father. Thank you for them. Thanks for setting that up. And uh, Father, we're just grateful that um, we do get to come together. We get to come together either online or to, in person. Father, we want to hear your words. Father, please, God, speak to our hearts. Father, I, I pray that we don't leave here just hearing behaviors or hearing like this idea of just like dry and stale Christianity, but we really, God, we hear what the heart that you're wanting us to have. And, and please convict our hearts uh, because there are ways we're going astray. And I know, Father, it, I, it doesn't feel good to be convicted of sin, but we ask for that, Father, uh, so we can have our eyes open and follow you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, you can turn in your Bibles. Uh, well, don't turn anywhere in your Bibles right now. Let's just chat for a second. How about that? We'll have it up here. Um, so we began last week uh, talking about, uh, you know, we're taking our series of renewal and we're trying to, to build. We're building a foundation. We started out this foundation of repentance and renewal and refreshing. And we're, we're building on this and we began speaking about the Holy Spirit last week, and that's, that's difficult for me. <laughs> I told Abby it's good and it's hard at the same time because it, it's the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, there is so much about the Holy Spirit. For me to sit up here and to teach like I know every aspect of the Holy Spirit and can understand, it, that's craziness, right? Now I do know what God has revealed to us. We, we are able to know that, but at the same time, 
Boy, I'll tell you, my, a, a lot of times what will happen with me, um, I, I will try to make the Holy Spirit fit into the boxes I want Him to fit in instead of just got, let, let, turn the Holy Spirit loose. All right. And so, again, I hope as we hear this, um, a, a, one of the easy criticisms you can make, and, and very easy, I'm not even saying this is happening, but you could walk away from here going, man, but that's not the whole thing about the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. You're 100% right. Because we're taking these little bite-sized chunks, and hopefully each week we're kind of layering them on so we're getting a big picture. So last week, hopefully we put a little piece in the puzzle of the Holy Spirit. And I hope this week we put another piece in the puzzle, okay? And we just kind of like layer this on because, wow, I don't know the guy that could just completely go through how incredible the Holy Spirit is just by having like this conversation in an hour or so or whatever. And the other side of it is, is we don't just want to be informed. You know, I don't know if you've ever thought about that before, but sometimes it's very easy for church to become about being just leaving with information instead of taking some time and slowing down. And I really appreciate that. I feel like I have so many guys in my life that are helping me remember that because my nature is to go, okay, let's go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and go slow down. Let, let's, let's digest this. Just like I say, right? Let's marinate in this. I'm a microwave guy. Okay, I'm a hot pocket guy. I can do all those things. Okay, and we're like, no, no, no. Let's slow it down. Let's uh, let's have something good here. I'm going to show this uh, quote again from uh, from Francis Chan. I love it. We looked at it last week. Essentially, if we have the Holy Spirit, shouldn't we be drastically different from those who don't? That's that's a question. I hope that we do ask ourselves if. If we're saying, no, I want to follow Jesus, then this is a question that I have to apply right to my heart and say, well, what's different then about how I like navigate life and hardship and different circumstances and good things and bad things and material things? How is it different than those who don't have the Holy Spirit? That's the question I hope we are asking ourselves consistently, right? Turn over to Galatians chapter 5. This is going to be our text that we dig through for a couple weeks, okay? So you can go Galatians 5, verse 16. Again, always ask yourself, when you open the Bible, and you're going, man, he's taking us right to chapter 5. Think think through this. Who is this written to? And why is he writing this, okay? And, and certainly like every week, we can't have like a chapter one through six of Galatians like review, but sometimes you leave here with homework. And, and go, I want to learn more about the Galatians, which isn't just one church, it's a region. The region of Galatia, it was a number of churches, all right? And there was this battle going on. I say battle, it, it really was. I mean, there was a lot of tension and a lot of like, hard feelings between the Jews and the Gentiles about who can become Christians and how you should become a disciple. So there's all of these things, and, and, and Paul is writing to them, and he's really trying to remind them, let, hold on a minute, We're, we are spirit-filled. We're meant to be spirit-filled people, all right? And so we're in here in uh, chapter 5, and we'll start in verse 16. I say then, 
walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what's against the Spirit. The Spirit desires what's against the flesh. They're opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. Okay, so it's quite a list. And just to top it off so we don't think, oh, that's all of them. He says, well, no, anything similar to this. Okay, the list gets much longer, right? Um, and he says, as I, told you, um, uh, as I told you before, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. All right? And so it's that idea of we, uh, as, we, as we slow down, log this in. Because it's very easy for us today to go, no, man, I know all kinds of Christians that engage in these things. All right, let, let's, not, let's not judge them. I'm like, okay, man, I'm, I'm cool with that. Except the kingdom of God is, this is not worthy of the kingdom of God. <laughs> All right, we, we, we're down here going, hold on a minute, but our king is not, he, he's worthy of greater things. When he put his spirit inside of us, he didn't put his spirit inside of us to be enslaved by the same sin that the rest of the world was. Okay, and so it's that idea of going, man, you know, the, the kingdom of God and living these lives are totally opposite of one another. All right. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit. We must not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another, all right? Let me call your attention right down here to the bottom, all right? Since we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit, okay? That's really a classic definition of both, you know, um, how, how our sins can be forgiven and wiped free, and we're still in the process of transformation. He's, the the, the technique, like, the, if you go back to the Greek, it would say something along the lines of, since we've been given life in the Spirit, we must follow the Spirit. All right. And so again, why I highlight that is it's very, very simple for us to take conversion and discipleship and put them in two separate boxes. And then we go, well, the, do the two have to come together? He said, well, no, if you've been brought to life by the Spirit. We must follow the Spirit, All right? So, so again, I, I hope those are things that just continually go into our minds because that's a huge theme. We've separated the two of conversion and discipleship. The Bible doesn't separate those things, okay? So we're, we're going to dig a little bit here, okay? So just in that little section, Paul writes, he says, walk by the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, be brought to life by the Spirit, follow the Spirit. So uh, here's a really great starting place. 
if you didn't know anything else about Christianity and you heard Paul say these things, one of the best things you can do is go, what would I think that means? Because it ends up, these aren't different things. These are the same. What does it mean to follow the Spirit and walk in the Spirit? Well, God and Jesus and the Spirit, they're the same, right? They're the same, they're different in form, but they're the same, they're, they're the one. And go, oh, so you mean the Spirit and God and Jesus? They would say the same thing, want the same thing, tell us to do the same thing. In fact, we're even told the Spirit helps us, helps us pray. See, here's the great thing is, is you're going, but God is, God is spirit too, right? That's how he's everywhere. Yeah, but that's why he can't be inside of it. If his, if his magnitude tried to get inside of this body, he would, I would blow up. All right, he had to go, hold on a minute, I've got to get a zip file for this thing to put it inside of people. And then it's kind of like, okay, now this spirit, his spirit that's inside of us, even prays for us as we're praying. And we're going to look at that a little bit later, right? So when we look at that going, okay, man, what, what does this mean? There's already, we've already been given a lot of parameters. God, Jesus, the Spirit, they're all in line. They're all in unity with one another, okay? Take a look down here. I've highlighted in blue, right? Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, what does that have to do with anything? Well, we, we have this idea in this passage that we're breaking apart. We see this theme of walking with, living by, following the Spirit. That little verse right in there is so crucial to this. That that word right there, crucified, is so crucial that we stop and we take a look at that because we have to go, hold on a minute. You, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. And you're going, but Keith, that flesh thing is like messing me up. That, that word kind of is weird. All right, if, if you want to simplify it to a certain degree, it's all of the things about me. All of the things about myself. All of the things that, all of the world's philosophies, right? So every time I'm about me, Right? That, that's the flesh. When I'm taking care of me, thinking of me, talking about me, not caring about others, right? excluding that's, that's the flesh. Right? And, and, and it's interesting how the, the me is opposed to the spirit. Right? They are in conflict with each other. And so you look... But those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified. It begs the question, have me and you, have we been crucified with Christ? All right, that, that, that should be something as a follower. That should not be a, you know, a, a alien idea. It should be, well, this is, this is how this goes. Like Ben was saying is, uh, we, we've taken so much out of discipleship. We've taken so much out of it where it's just this like event that keeps you from going to hell instead of us transformed into followers of Jesus. 
Right? Those two are very different things. One requires some skin in the game. One requ requires that we draw a line in the sand. And, and what, what I'm just asking us to consider is, has that ever happened? To where I'm like, all about me. Like, everything I think is right. Everything I want to do. Everything I want to see. Has that been crucified? And unfortunately, that can be very bad news. Because we can have like these amazing dreams and want like incredible adventures in life. We can want so many things for us. And we forget that what God wants for us may be very different. He may be taking us places and pointing us in directions and connecting us with people. And so there has to be this time of going, have I crucified Keith? One of the things I'll share with you that you can kind of get an idea if you're on the path to this, there should be things about Jesus' teachings that you don't agree with. Okay. I mean, you're crazy to think. I don't know a soul that's going to look at that and go, man, all of that stuff I'm, I'm down with. Here's what crucified looks like. I may not agree with God. I may not agree with Jesus about sexual morality, but he's clear. You know what gets crucified? Me. My view gets crucified. So the truth of the matter is, is it shouldn't be this weird mystical thing of, well, man, all the Christians have this one like political point of view and that's where they come from. And it's going, no, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things. If I wasn't a disciple, I wouldn't believe in. But it's the idea of who's going to be crucified. Am I going to re-crucify Jesus? Or am I going to? Well, if I want to follow the Spirit, it's got to be me. So that list that we're talking about up there of hatred and anger and angry outbursts and selfishness and all of these things, what is going to be crucified? These things in us, okay? Let's take a look at this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now, I'm telling you, to some of you guys, you read crucified passions and desires and you think little house on the prairie. Okay, if we got to get older than that, right, uh, when calls the heart. <laughs> okay, right, you're thinking Puritans, you're thinking like, you know, you're going, oh man, that sounds like the most out of touch thing I've ever heard in my life. It sounds like one of those preachers that just like, you know, like railing away and, and, and you, your dress better reach the ground, sister. You know, why is your dress below your ears? <laughs> like ears to floor. You're like, what? That's weird, Keith. Yeah, see, that's why I can't fit into that. Okay. But, but here's the thing is we hear this kind of puritanism instead of going, hold on a minute. Passions and desires are, you know what it is? I have a lot of urges and desires and wants and all of these things. And it's not always like sexual. <laughs> it's things in life. There's this, this passion that we have about, about what we want to follow and what we want to do. And say, well, that's what we crucify. So if you are picturing kind of the Puritanism, kind of like, oh, great, the church is going to make me wear like some kind of big old dress and the guys are going to have to, you know, do whatever. And we go swimming on, on Sunday nights in the summertime. Everyone's got to wear like a full body swimsuit. Pump your brakes for a second. 
all right, and get an idea of what he's talking about here, okay? So this is a crazy word, generally only spoken about in terms of Jesus, right? And we all like that. We're like, that's good for him, okay? And you want to know what the truth is? We like when other people live crucified lives. Like, I like that people have been in my life and sacrificed for me, but that's good for them. I want to do my thing. Okay, see, being crucified or crucifying the sinful nature is when it comes specifically to me, I'm kind of like, no, 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 no. But for others, yes. Jesus, yes. I like it. And here's the theme, Romans 6, 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him. Okay, this isn't just a Jesus thing. All right, again, I'm going to take us out of the realm of like, you know, we're trained in church. What do you teach about salvation? What do you teach about discipleship? What do you teach about this? Let's simplify this. It's all discipleship. Right? Long before I have my sins forgiven, right? I was, well, not long, actually weeks and weeks beforehand, I was studying the Bible and I was in my mind doing my best to follow Jesus. I was still being trained by him. All right? But it wasn't, I wasn't like, okay, well, now I can hit this conversion experience. Now let me go back over here. But we're going, man, here's the deal. Our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Right? So, so again, there's this expectation that it's not just Jesus, it's me and you. It's followers of his. I, I don't know. Like, like to me, if, if I'm looking, I enjoy reading books. I enjoy reading lots of different people. I enjoy reading authors that are, I, I'm like on the same page with. I enjoy reading authors that I'm not on the same page with. Right? Like there's, I, we can learn from each other. This is rarely talked about in discipleship. But it may be one of the most crucial things about walking in the Spirit. Because again, if me, myself, my flesh is opposed to the Spirit, without there being a crucifixion, I cannot have the fruits of the Holy Spirit. I can't follow the Spirit. I can't be led by the Spirit. Like those things are impossible to have. So that's why we're talking about this in Romans 6, Galatians 2, earlier in this book, Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. Don't you love that? Sure we do, because he planted a bunch of churches. Like, like we're Christians now because Paul was out there doing this. He says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Right? Stop and think about that for a, for a second. Like the Holy Spirit is coming in. We're, we're crucified and being inhabited by God's Holy Spirit. Right? Is that the way we look? Man, I am now inhabited by God's Holy Spirit. He says, the life I live now in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I've been crucified with Christ. Galatians 6, a little later, far be it for me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. See, okay, now we're talking about, there's, there's the difference, right? is being crucified to the world means we aren't a part of the world anymore. Like we don't accept what the world says is right. We don't accept what the world says is good. We don't accept the rules of the world. Okay, and that doesn't mean go break the law. (laughs) 
All right. Like me and Mike, like me and Mike were talking about this morning. Right. Part of following the spirit is that we submit ourselves to the ruling authorities. All right. Now, half the people in our country would say, heck no, <laughs> at any given time. When we've been crucified, you want to know? What we got? <laughs> Listen. Yeah. Yeah. Old Keith could have something to say about this. Crucified Keith can't if I want to walk in the spirit. So here's the thing, right? Like, like this can be great ideas. But, but we've got to get to a place where, hold on, how can I like, how, how can I interact? How, 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 does, how does my road and this road intersect here, okay? And here's the deal is, we've got to, got to, got to start from the beginning, all right? And, and, and this is one of those things, I, I always feel, and, and on, it's, it's really funny about, I get tons of really great feedback um, just about lessons and different things we're doing. One of the ones that always kind of like brings the, the, the hairs up, like the haggles up, is when we start talking about being in a relationship with Jesus. And how do you get into that relationship? Like people tell me, they're like, Keith, don't talk as much about that. But I'm going, I can't not though. Right? Because here's the thing is, what's the use of me like telling the church and telling people here who follow the Spirit? Well, how? I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) Okay? And so again, what I'm saying is, is the reason I think sometimes we get kind of upset or like emotional is because we have two buckets. We have conversion and discipleship. And just like we're talking about a couple weeks ago, we're going, but my team's bucket says something different. Like the team I play for says something different. So my team needs to fight against your team. And I'm saying, I'm not fighting against anyone. I'm saying, let's just have one bucket that's discipleship. That we look at this and go, oh, okay. So we have to start from the beginning and ask ourselves, do I have the Holy Spirit living in me? Okay. This is one of the most penetrating questions I've ever, this changed everything for me. Is it scary? Of course. Is it like, is it, is it making some judgment on the heart you have towards Jesus? No. But, but we're saying, are we equipped? Are we equipped? Does the Holy Spirit live inside of me? Acts chapter 2, you, you heard this again and again. I, I, I feel weird because I don't want to be, oh man, this is what the Clemson Foothills Church does. This is what... The, but I'm going, hold on a minute. If we're talking about having the Holy Spirit, then let's go back and see, okay, what does the Scripture teach? Repent and be baptized, all of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Romans 6. Don't you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? You see the crucifixion? We were baptized into His death. We were buried with Him, therefore with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. 
So here's the conversation I'm hearing when I read that. It's not, what do you teach about baptism or not? It's the conversation of, do I want to be crucified with Christ or not? All right, because the, Acts 2, you're going, no, 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 I got a problem with that one. But, but you read Romans 6, I'm going, how many times before somebody wants to follow Jesus, has somebody said to you, are you ready to be crucified? Like to take all of who you are and crucify it. All right. And, and this is what he's saying, and I know it's hard to hear sometimes. I know it's hard to express sometimes. I know it's very, very difficult. Except here's what we can't do. We can't like keep people from the very gift that God is asking us to hand over. Okay? I mean, how horrible would that be? To go, oh, no, no, I know this is going to be hard. You know, one of the things that, man, it, it breaks my heart is a very good friend of mine. Uh, his, his wife had uh, been diagnosed with colon cancer, and she was clear. She had a, 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 a recently a nine-month scan and found out it had spread to some other places. Okay? And, man, it's just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking for me. I mean, it's so sad to see, okay? But the thing about it is, is if you were a doctor, would you go, man, this is so hard for me to tell you, so I don't want to tell you you have this. Boy, that would be the worst thing in the world. Can you imagine how angry you would be if you found out, well, my doctor just didn't want to say something hard to me. Instead, we're talking about, hold on a minute, but don't you want to follow the Spirit? Don't, don't we want that? Like, I can't think of anything greater than the Holy Spirit living inside of a person. Right? I can't think of it. And, 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 hey, make the argument if you have it. But I'm going, really? God's Spirit inside a human being? How do you trump that one? <laughs> okay, I mean, I don't know. But I'm just saying we've got to start from the beginning. There's got to be this humility. It can't be a thing about the team that does this. It's got to be about, man, I, just, I want to have your Holy Spirit inside of me. Again, there's my buddy here, Francis Chan. He says, it's clear that you're supposed to repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. Or is it clear? Question mark. If so, have you done it? If not, what keeps you from it? Why do we sometimes feel we need to debate this endlessly, running through every possible hypothetical situation and answering every theological question first when, we'll simply, when we simply respond to the truth we've heard and then work through our questions from there? All right. Boy, I'll tell you, you know, and, and he tells this story of his daughter and, and, and Francis had preached like Acts chapter two and his daughter who he doesn't even know if she's paying attention. She's like, man, you want to know what? Uh, why can't I repent, be baptized and get the Holy Spirit? <laughs> He's like, who told you this? Well, dad, you just read it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> He's like this is awesome, man. So simple. So here's the other thing, too. So let's let's keep moving forward, because, again, what am I trying to do here? I'm trying to get us to a place where we are interacting with the Holy Spirit. Right. And so it's got to be said, right, that there are some of us I would be and I don't know who. Okay, so don't like make it seem like I'm clairvoyant or something. But I'm just saying whenever I speak to a group of people, I got to think that, hey, somebody sitting in the audience thinking, I don't think I have the Holy Spirit. I, I didn't do, I didn't follow these things, okay? And so, you know, we talk about this. There's another group, they're going, no, 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 Keith, I got it. 
Except something tragic has happened over the years. I've neglected the Holy Spirit. I've quenched the Holy Spirit. I've stifled the Holy Spirit. I have tried to get the Spirit to work with my sinful nature. I wanted all of the fruits of the Spirit, which we all want, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. We want those things. And me to stay me. Except remember at the beginning of Galatians 5, the Spirit and our flesh are opposed to one another. They're in a battle. Now, you know, the greatest way to let the Spirit win is you kill the other thing. <laughs> okay? Anyone could win that fight. Right? When I go, I'm tapping out, I'm dead. Spirit wins. Here's something. Okay, this is one of those words, right? And, and, and I'm always cautious because people, we think of meditation and we automatically think like Eastern meditation and, you know, all of these different things. Here's what's fascinating. To, to the Jewish culture, this was just an absolute normal part of their life. And, and what did it mean? It wasn't, as we teach in, East, in, in Eastern religions, of meditation of emptying yourself. Okay, that's like the norm. Like you empty yourself of everything and that brings you peace. The meditation we're about to read about in the Bible is actually we fill ourselves with Jesus and God. And we fill ourselves with his thoughts and ideas and all of these things, okay? This, the similarities is that you actually take some intentional time out. But it's about filling. Here's the practicality. This is the specificity of meditation. It's thoughtfulness that leads to obedience. All right? It isn't, and, and I think sometimes we can go, oh man, we can just have a church full of people that are all like meditating and all this great thing. And, and we can mess it up because we think, oh man, because I had this quiet time and really thought a lot about this passage and it was really a beautiful passage. And man, uh, this is awesome. The Bible's great. And then go and live my own life. That's not what this is. This is, this is applying my life to God's word to the Spirit's direction and going, oh, man, how am I going to obey this? There is a specific direction, okay? But I, as a culture, as a church, this is one of those things we, we really do. Whatever you call it, we've got to buy into it. We really, really do. We live in a society that is completely production-oriented which means let me work more hours, let me do more things, and everything else gets crowded out. And so we've got to, and again, I don't, you can call it what you want to call it, but it's practiced differently, okay? It's practiced differently in Christianity. Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Again, a little piece of the puzzle gets put in. Which is, oh man, you mean it's possible that I can just have this like nugget in my head. And I'm just like ruminating on it. And my goal is, I want it to sink deeper to obey it. Right, I want to I understand what I'm reading here. Right, he said, but blessed is this man. He meditates on God's word. And I hope that if you're taking notes and you're going, what can I take from this? I'm looking down going, is this a practice I practice? Because here, here's what I've learned about 
following the Spirit, as someone who has the Spirit inside of them and is very easily able to quench and stifle the Spirit. I start messing things up when I have no thoughtfulness put into anything going on in my life. I mess everything up, okay? You don't want me to get up in the morning and jump in the shower and get in my truck and go start meeting people. Because I don't know what's going to happen. Because I haven't thought about anything. I'm not prepared. I, every day, you, you know, the, here's the problem with a living sacrifice. I heard this one time. It keeps coming back to life. Right? And every day I go, no, Keith, listen. You can't live with me. Okay? And that's the thing is, is we've neglected oftentimes. We're stifling the spirit in us. Because we don't start out and go, okay, what's going on today? I can't account for everything. But that's one of the things that I account for is, okay, hey, I don't know. What am I going to do when, when the wheels fall off today? Man, what am I going to do when, 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 when my boss yells at me today? But then I'm meeting with specific people. Okay, now, now let me get prepared. Let me pray for, let me really connect with God on using me as a servant Right? That's what this is, is being thoughtful and intentional. Sometimes what we want most, I, I've heard this more in the last like five years or so, is we want church to be like, man, it should just be like this place that everybody comes and you just like, we're, we're too structured. It should just be like, no, man, we talk about deep things and we're getting in there and we want this like, this total like, yeah, yeah, that would be great. Except here's the problem. Christian fellowship requires thought. That's why it's different than the world. You experience this in the world because you're not putting any thought in anything. It's just like I hang out with people I like. We talk about the same things. What's easier than that? But you're going to put me in a group of people that I'm nothing alike, all right, that I don't agree with on every situation and in every area. And now all of a sudden, it, you're crazy if you think that you're going to find a church that's just like, no, man, this is, we're just totally like in the flow of the Spirit. Then we're going to be putting some thought and intentionality into our relationships. Okay, that's Christian fellowship right there. It just, it takes thought and intentionality to do this, okay? And so just asking, am I, am I, am I doing this? Am I meditating, right? Um, here's a jumping off point. A jumping off point for us to look and go, am I, is, 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 is the me still very much alive and quenching the Holy Spirit? And, and I put this right after the meditation because we're going to have to look at these things and go, hold on a minute. I need to get myself to a place of not just agreeing this is wrong, but finding out how do I follow Jesus. Okay. And we're going, but, but these, are, these are pretty simple, right? But they're not as simple as we often think. All right. So, right, just the first one, you're like, well, that's easy. He's sexual immorality. Except I would encourage you, go and ask people, like, what is sexual immorality? And, and no one knows. They're like, well, it's this and this and this. This is a very specific word. Okay, it's very, very specific. It's any sexual intercourse outside of a married man and woman. Boom. That's what that word is. <laughs> That's it. Okay. You go, well, I don't buy that. Okay, listen, my goal isn't to make you buy that. But to apply your heart to that and go, hold up a minute. Okay, God, me and you. <laughs> this what you say? 
man, I'm going to have to like think about this and meditate on this to obey this. This, this is happening. Instead of what we tend to do in churches is just go, no, 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 nobody think about anything. Let's just all come together and be thoughtless but be happy together. Well, let's get on the same page because here's what I know. The Holy Spirit living inside of us is on this page. Okay? Impurity, we're going, what's the difference between the two? Here's what's fascinating about this word. Impurity means, or moral impurity, some of your Bibles may say, is reckless extravagance and waste. <laughs> Let that one sink in for a second. Because I know a lot of us look at this, we're like, oh, I've read this list tens and thousands of times. But does that, what does that say about us as a, just our nation? Reckless wastefulness, right? Reckless extravagance. What does the word reckless mean? Thoughtless. That's what it means. So you're going, man, thoughtful. Is there anything? Do I think about the things I have? Or do I just keep buying things? I keep wasting things. I don't even give any thought to anything. So, well, that's what this is right here. The, the Spirit, again, will tell us, no, put thought into this. Sensuality, idolatry. Okay, idolatry, that's the thing. We, we kind of like set it off to the side, but it really is that. What do we worship? That, that's idol worship, okay, is whatever I obey is, tends to be the, my God. Sorcery, that gets kind of weird. Here's the truth. Of the, uh, the, the word comes from a, a word that we would denote like drug use from, but it really goes hand in hand drug use with idol worship. All right. And you may go, man, I really uh, I don't get all of that. But, but here's the truth. When they write things in the Bible, someone gets it. <laughs> OK. It, it just is the truth. OK. It's the idea of, no, I'm, I get that. I've been associated with that. All right. Enmity, strife, jealousy. Do you hear these like relational words? Strife is ready for a fight. You ready for a fight? That's strife. Ready to quarrel. Fits of anger. And so what am I saying with all this? This is what comes from me. This is what comes from the flesh. This is the works of the flesh, okay? And, and I want to remind us back to Galatians 5, the, the 16 where we started, right? The flesh and the spirit are opposed to one another. And so all I'm asking for is for us to be, if we're going to grow, is to be honest. And to call this and go, you know what? Man, when, when I'm all about like being anger, like outbursts of anger, let me be very honest that I will oppose the Holy Spirit right now. Okay, that, that's not like that doesn't change you in a minute, but we have to be honest. Go, man, we got to deal with this. Strife, jealousy, enmity, impurity, sexual morality, is we have to say, hold on a minute. These things that come out of all of us here, because we get this, we get hatred, right? We get this idea of rivalry and division and envy. And we have to understand that, okay, this is me fighting the Spirit. This is not me being crucified. Okay, so sometimes it's helpful for me when I go to this is to literally go, okay, Keith, this needs this crucified. This has to be killed. This is no longer welcome in this house. All right? Is reminding myself, I'm not just trying to get better at this stuff. I'm trying to get this stuff dead. 
Okay, and I think that can happen, right? We just like, oh man, I, I struggle. I struggle with envy. I struggle with it. If I could just grow and not being so envious. No, no, no. Envy must be killed. <laughs> not, not treated as like a pet that we just want to keep it down nice and cute. It's got to be killed. Because here's, here's the deal. What I love about Galatians 5 is we're given like this metric. We're given this idea of going, hold on, how do I know though, Keith? Like, how do I know I'm following the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit? How do I know that's happening? He said, well, the fruit of the Spirit. He, I don't, this was fascinating to me. As I was reading different things, and I had to go back and double check this to make sure. It's fascinating the idea that fruit is singular. It's not fruits of the Holy Spirit. And here's what I do oftentimes going, well, man, these are all separate things. No, it's one fruit. You can't have one without the other. It's one fruit, right? And sometimes this is where we fool ourselves. We're like, man, I'm getting way better on peace. But, but yeah, well, because, you, okay, listen, if you're getting better at isolated things, it's probably a good chance that it's just your strength doing it. But the fruit of the Spirit is one fruit. That is this. But this is a great place to be, isn't it? And this is a great place to be. I mean, to be full of love and joy and peace and patience. And you know what's crazy? Is that every single one of us will go, but man, there's some things about me I don't want to give up. We forget, you know, Mike was sharing with me this morning, we oftentimes forget God is a God of reward. This is good stuff. All right, this isn't like, man, it's drudgery to follow Jesus because you have to give up so much and all of these things are so bad, except he's just presented what the Holy Spirit produces and it's what everyone in the world is looking for. We're just looking in the wrong places. That's the thing is, is we're all over the place and looking for these in worldly relationships and materialism and, and, and drama and all of these things that just allow us to just like be all self-centered. And you just go, no, 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 here's the deal. Turn in all that junk that's messing your relationships up and follow me. And man, this is the greatest thing in the world. This is the greatest thing. Romans 8, so then brothers, we are not obligated to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. You, you ever thought about that? When, when, when myself is telling me to do things, I'm, going, I'm not obligated to that, right? I'm not obligated to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live And essentially what we've come down to today is this idea of, of what are we going to decide needs to go? What in me, in my flesh, needs to be crucified? Right? And if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So just a few questions as we finish up here. Does the Holy Spirit live inside of me? Okay. I, I would encourage you, if, if you're going, no, it's a no-brainer. 
does the Holy Spirit live inside of me? If so, what are my actions, thoughts, lifestyle have been left uncrucified? All right, if, if I'm looking in my backyard and I'm going, oh man, <laughs> I'm still super angry, I'm still super envious and jealous and hateful, all these things are growing in different like levels, then it's that idea, hold on, I need a plan to put these to death. And then what must happen today in my life to be renewed by the Holy Spirit? What, what has to happen? We're, this is where we're all united. What has to happen today to be renewed by the Holy Spirit? Okay, that's a lot of stuff. That's a ton of stuff, man. You know, but, but hopefully, again, you're taking notes. I would really encourage you, man, let that, uh, you know, take it home, simmer on it. Uh, again, my, my fear is I hope we never leave with just the idea of, man, that was a really horrible sermon or that was a really great sermon. <laughs> okay. I hope that's not what we leave with. I hope we leave with like, yeah, that guy. I, he, I mean, who, seriously, like I've said before, man, I, I'm just a guy. Okay, you can leave here and not like me. That's okay. But I don't want you to leave here not like me and not study this out. Okay, that, that's my point. Okay. I'd rather you leave and like me, though, so just saying. Um, but anyway, um, this is a lot. Um, let's help one another. You know, Ben did such a great job at communion of reminding us, man, this, we're not Lone Rangers. Man, let's be talking about this with one another, encourage one another, spur one another on, speak honestly to one another. All right, let's finish with that. Let's